What's up, boys and girls, and to all my misfits around the world? I'm your host, Rampage the Misfit, and you're tuned in to Misfit Minded, where I bring you everything movie and music related. Today is Monday, September 18th, which means it's Misfit Monday. We're going to talk about some box office uh, domestically for movies. Also, I'm going to try and play some music. I feel like I haven't been on my music shit lately. Um, I mean, that could just be that there's not that good music out right now, but... I still, music's a part of my life, and I want you guys to uh, check out what I listen to, so I'm, I'm gonna play some stuff, just stuff I think you guys would like, stuff that I like, and uh, I apologize for my voice in advance, uh, I don't know what's going on with me, if I'm getting sick or what, but I've been sniffling all fucking day, uh, I thought it was my allergies at first, it still could be my allergies, because um, I'm not coughing or anything, but it's obviously affecting my voice. Uh, a few people have told me already on my Snapchat, which is Rampage underscore Misfit. Go follow me on there. I basically document my day-to-day life. <laughs> and uh, Instagram's the same thing. Twitter's the same thing. Rampage underscore Misfit. But before we get into all that, I want to talk about some uh, sports because we had a couple things this weekend that I feel like are worth mentioning. Uh, most notably that uh, Triple G Canelo fight on Saturday. Uh, if you're a boxing fan, we've been waiting two years for this fight. They're two of my favorite fighters. And uh, if you're not even a boxing fan, this was supposed to be like the revival match. You know, like, you know, Floyd Mayweather and uh, Conor McGregor, I think I talked about on the show. That was just pure business marketing uh, publicity stunt to uh, get boxing fans and UFC fans riled up and get them talking. That 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 wasn't a highlight fight for me, and anyone who watched it could uh, tell the same thing. That was just that was a horrible fight. That was amateur fight. I don't even think that should count on Floyd Mayweather's record, to be honest. Because um, if we're gonna count that amateur fight, then we should count all amateur fights before people go pro because that's what that was but aside from that the canelo triple g fight it was a good fight you know what i mean they both fought how i expected them to they're sluggers um triple g always stays in the pocket and comes to you and uh canelo is just tall got that got that reach um he just never really had that power for me but uh, against certain fighters, he can he can sling it and kind of break you down. That's really his style. So, in this fight though, it's clearly Triple G won. I mean, Canelo came back, granted in like the second half, but it was not enough to beat Triple G. I thought it was obvious. Uh, the announcers thought it was obvious from their scorecards, and it ends in a fucking draw. And this is why 
boxing is where it is right now. It's so corrupt. Um, there's no board of directors or anything to establish standards to prevent this type of dirty corruption. The judges, you know, Golden Boy Boxing uh, has all eyes on them right now because that judge that scored it 118-110 to Canelo, uh, she always scored in favor of Canelo and she's been suspended for good reason. You know that 114-114 score? I'm, I'm not as mad at that one. You know what I mean? It was a close fight. So if he felt that way, then sure, he, he could feel that way. 118-110 Canelo is outrageous. That was not anything that you could you could see in your the eye test you know what i'm saying like anyone watching if i said who was more dominant in that fight it would obviously be triple g and she had it the other way and i don't know man it's just really disappointing i'm a boxing fan i love the sport but this type of shit is why it is where it is man you know it's it's all about the money and um disappointed that's all I got to say. There will be a rematch probably, but these decisions and stuff like this just really kills it for me and a lot of people. So, all right, last thoughts about the fight and I'll move on. Uh, Teddy Atlas went on ESPN with Stephen A and just went off on how corrupt that judge was, that score was, that match was, and just his frustration with boxing, he summed it up so perfectly. Um, and, you know, he, he's super passionate about boxing. So I'm going to post that because I just think he sums it up super perfect. Um, also, I forgot to mention, like, Triple G landed more, more dominant with the jab. Uh, he was getting hit a few times, but he has an iron jaw, man. Nothing nothing really made him look hurt. So um, I think it was closer to 116, 112 uh, Triple G. But like I said, those two judges didn't agree 118 110 is egregious though um football's back this is week two and my packers played the falcons yesterday it was a late night game and we got our asses kicked i'm not gonna lie uh, i was excited about this match just because i'm still feeling the pains of last year losing in the nfc championship game versus the falcons and it looked pretty much the same the difference I feel like was we had piled on so many injuries at that point we were just running on fumes and I mean we did have some injuries this game too though we had uh, two of our tackles um, Balaga and Bakhtiari go down and couldn't play and it showed man Beasley was all over Rodgers uh, he, he know he leads the league in sacks last year he did at least so, I mean, it's not very surprising, but Rodgers had no time whatsoever. It was after the snap, three guys were running a train on him. Like, it was it was hard to watch. Probably not as hard as last year, though, still. Just, it's just the second game of the season, but still hard to watch. I also felt that there was some questionable um, calls on us. There was an uh, offensive pass interference that was fucking horseshit. Um... I feel like we were just getting called on all night. I, I'm struggling to remember any calls on the Falcons that 
they could even question, you know, the, the one ref in particular was just on our ass. Um, so, and once, once we were, we were struggling on top of all that calling, it was pretty much over and they just continued to score on us. Uh, it was, I think 34, 28 was the 34, 23 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that was the final score. Um, but next week, this week we have the Bengals and that should be, uh, that should be a win right there, you know? Dalton is looking really trash this year and their offense in general is looking trash so we should bounce back also uh we got the bears next week so these next two weeks are winnable very winnable and uh, our offense needs to be hungry though uh we had no run game at all I, I mean we don't really need it but i ty montgomery is not the running back the, the end all be all running back that's gonna make defenses scared of us because they were not whatsoever and uh they were i mean their running backs were looking like all-stars i mean tevin coleman is is good but they're making him look like he was the fastest rb in the game right now and he's not even that fast to be honest julio jones he's gonna get those he's an all-star and jordy nelson got hurt uh super early too so injuries are plaguing us once again and it's only game two uh, i don't know why this happens to us this just seems like the packers curse when we just have the most talented qb in the game right now and we cannot stay healthy for a season to help him out and win win him a, another ring you, you could tell he was frustrated man and i mean you know, People talk about Brady, man, but I was watching that Patriots Saints game yesterday, and on top of defense, uh, the Saints defense being extra trash, Brady could eat a three-course dinner. Is how much time he had in the pocket, man? They're they're talking about his footwork. I'm like, yeah, he, he can spread out his feet whenever, wherever he wants with all that time in the pocket, man. And Gronk is just like throwing them around like they're kids. That shit, man. I will say though. Uh, Martellus Bennett had a really nasty hit on somebody in this game. So next week, though, we're coming back. And congrats to Aaron Rodgers for his 300th touchdown pass. It was a nice shuttle pass, like one yarder to Ty Montgomery. But he's the fastest QB to ever do that. Uh, so that was one successful thing about that night, cementing his, his, his position as the greatest QB ever of all time. Don't at me, though. But getting into Misfit Monday, if you're new to the show, I talk about the top five highest grossing movies domestically, which means only in the U.S. Um, over this weekend. And I go back in history and see what came out on this weekend, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, sometime in history and talk about my favorite movies are some of the best movies that came out on this weekend and we're in the top five as well so let's just jump right into it coming in at number five is the hitman's bodyguard which brought in three and a half million which is pretty good considering it's a late summer release and it's september still in the top five uh i thought it was an okay movie pretty forgettable but if you like ryan reynolds and samuel jackson you'll probably like this it's just a cheesy action movie with a few laughs in there so 
I have my review in the episode section if you want to check out my thoughts further on that movie. Coming in at number four is a movie with Reese Witherspoon called Home Again, which I've never heard of, to be honest with you. But I just read it on IMDb right now. Uh, she's a single mom and she moves in with three guys. So it's probably going to be like a romantic comedy type of deal. Uh, knowing her, that's what, pretty much what she does nowadays. So if you're into that, go check that one out. Michael Sheen's in it, though. Uh, I like Michael Sheen. But moving on to number three is a movie called Mother, uh, which came in uh, with $7 million. Uh, Mother is a movie with Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence. And during my screening of it, they showed the trailer. And it was marketed as this really intense horror thriller, scariest movie of the year. Go see it. That's what it said at the end of the trailer, like, buy your tickets now. Um, but if you know anything about the director, Darren Aronofsky, he directed Black Swan. And uh, my personal favorite of his, The Wrestler. And he makes these art house movies. And from what I'm hearing, Mother is another one of those. So not a traditional horror film, which it's marketed as. And it's got a lot of people mad. It's got an F minus score on cinema scores which is the worst you can do and that basically is just a ask people who have seen the movie and are like coming out like what they thought of the movie and to grade it and they all gave it f's that's the average and i know it's hard to trust rotten tomatoes and cinema scores but that's pretty bad and i, I think it has a lot to do with expectation and if you know his movies you know he pushes the envelope and goes into really weird places and i'm all for directors doing that because i think originality is better th better than this copy and paste um environment that hollywood has kind of created nowadays but i have not seen it yet and when i do i'll review it and let you guys know my thoughts on it further and that's the new movie with uh dylan o'brien and michael keaton dylan o'brien's from maze runner you might have seen him in. he's in a bunch of other stuff too uh, he was recently in Deep Water Horizon, which I just got on Blu-ray, and um, which is really slept on film. You guys should watch that with Mark Wahlberg. But anyways, from the trailer, it looks like Hunted with Benicio Del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones. Kind of like the pupil versus the master um, having to kill uh, someone that's just as good as you, like the most dangerous game, and they're both assassins. It doesn't win really any points on originality, but it looks like there's going to be a lot of action set pieces and um, kind of like uh, Hit Hitman's Bodyguard. It looks like that type of movie without the laughs is which I, what I'm kind of getting. So I'll probably go see it. I just got my movie pass, which is the card to go see unlimited amount of movies in a month. So whenever that comes in, I'm going to be seeing a lot more movies and have more reviews up for you guys. And uh, I'm going to get into the number one movie in America right now in the next segment. So stay tuned. So I promise you guys I'm not drunk right now, but some of the audio got clipped on my last segment somehow. So in the transition from Mother to the number two spot, that movie is called American Assassin. That's the one with Michael Keaton and Dylan O'Brien. And that made $15 million. So just want to clarify that. I don't know how that happened, but that's your number two. And moving into the number one, if you watched any TV, 
been to any movie or just been on social media or talked to any of your friends, you know what it is already. It's Stephen King's It. And uh, it's Andy Muschietti who directed Mama. Uh, and it's got uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. So yeah, It brought in $60 million over the weekend. It was about like a 50% drop off from the week before, but it's only, it's been in for about two weeks and it's still going strong and for a horror movie. And if it keeps um, keeps hanging on to this type of momentum, I feel like they can do some kind of special release in Halloween um, because, I mean, there's a lot of horror movies coming out in the month of October, but I doubt any of them will be as good as it. And I've been meaning to put up a review of it, but I've tried watching it twice now in theaters and both times I just had people ruining the movie and it was, it's been really annoying. And so I'm going to try and watch it again and hopefully I can review it the way that I want to see it, you know, cause that stuff actually matters to me. I could just review it right now from what, you know, I saw and what I remember, but I'm not, it's not going to be the full thing, not going to be my best effort because it's just not the best way I want to view that movie. Does that make sense? I will say though, I'm a huge fan of the original from the 90s. I haven't rewatched it yet, but I am going to. And there was just some images in that TV movie that have just stuck with me all these years later. Um, and Pennywise, Tim Curry's Pennywise is still really great. I mean, I love what Bill Skarsgård, the differences they made the way he talks and the way he's like drooling and his his teeth the whole aesthetic the one thing about the new it movie is the cinematography is absolutely gorgeous and by gorgeous i mean like terrifying which is what it needed to be it just makes this city of dairy so bleak and gives it like a nightmarish quality i will say though um i mean it's gotten good reviews on Rotten tomatoes but like as far as word of mouth and talking to people about it a lot of people have been hating on it, and I just don't know why. Finn Wolfhard killed it. A lot, all the kids killed it. Um, Bill Skarsgård was really good. The only complaint I had was the CGI in there, and the, the CGI was in a few scenes. You know, I had problems with that. Was my small nitpick of it. And there's this article coming out that the black kid wasn't in the movie enough, and it's just like, guys, I get it. You know what I mean? Supposedly he had a bigger role in the book. The book is 1,500 pages long. You cannot fit 1,500 pages into a two-hour movie. I'm sure a lot of characters got cut. I actually know characters got some of their um, their characters were changed for the movie, including one of the bullies. So I hate everyone trying to make this like a race thing, and that's the reason you don't like this movie. Like that's a horrible cop-out reason. It's like if the black kid had died first too, everyone would be like, oh, of course the black kid has to die first. Like, you just can't win, you know what I'm saying? And I actually thought he was a good character. You know, he wasn't like the one with the most screen time, but each one of the kids has an emotional arc, an emotional journey, and, uh, you know, his was fine. There's another kid too that they don't really focus on him as much at all either, and I don't hear anyone complaining about that, but... You know, because it's a black kid, everyone has to race bait everything and make it about race and shit. So so that is it for your Monday box office breakdown. 
I'm going to flash back to this weekend in history and see what movies have come out. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to Misfit Minded. So you just heard your box office breakdown from September 15th through the 17th, 2017. But now we're going to hop in a DeLorean. We're going to go to 88 miles an hour. And we're going to go to September 14th, 2007. And that's when a movie called Eastern Promises came out. So I actually called in or commented on a segment about some of the most underrated movies of all time. And Eastern Promises is on my list for sure. Because for whatever reason, it never gets brought up, but it's so good. It's David Cronenberg's Among His Best. Um, for me, uh, if, if we're not talking his horror movies, I'd say it's up there right with A History of Violence. I actually prefer this one more. It's got Naomi Watts and Viggo Mortensen. And what I just remember is it takes you into the world of like the Russian mob and how complex and multi-layered Viggo Mortensen's character was um, because he's trying to help this girl. And that's all I'm going to say. There's also this one uh, fight in a shower scene, which is fucking brutal in typical Cronenberg fashion. So definitely check that one out if you haven't seen it. It's super underrated, but it's really good. Really good. Really good gangster movie. And uh, Morrison did get an Oscar nomination for that movie, so it's not underrated as far as, like, the Academy. But I'll just say, like, as far as, like, word of mouth and... When people talk about David Cronenberg, I just never hear this movie brought up, and it, I think it should. And speaking of underrated movies that no one talks about anymore, even though they're excellent, two years ago today, L.A. Confidential came out in theaters. And if you haven't seen L.A. Confidential, go watch that immediately. First of all, the cast is stats. You got Russell Crowe, Kevin Spacey, Guy Pearce, uh, Kim Basinger, Danny DeVito and it takes the story of these three cops all with different philosophies all with different moral values they're not painting them in the in the most perfect picture you know they all have their flaws and they interweave in this uh, murder mystery noir film that's just so fucking good I recently watched it um, maybe like a year ago and I was just like blown away I think this movie has one of the best Russell Crowe performances ever um, since Gladiator and sneakily so and they all have their own motivations and work are working towards solving this mystery for different reasons and it's just so good guys go watch this one and then go get Eastern Promises that's a that's a double feature you can't go wrong with right there. And uh, I wasn't going to throw this one in there, but I think I, I have to because I actually really like this movie and I'll watch it anytime it's on. It's a really easy watch. 15 years ago, September 13th, 2002, Barbershop came out. And I feel like Ice Cube doesn't get enough credit for some of his movies just because he's kind of become a parody um, ever since Are We There Yet and doing a lot of comedic roles now. You forget that he was in Friday, you forget he was in Boys in the Hood, you forget he was in Barbershop, all really respectable and really good movies. The thing I love about Barbershop the most, and I've been getting cut and Barbershop all my life from every different race you can think of, white, black, Mexican, Puerto Rican, and what I'll say is that when I went to this black-owned Barbershop, which is really respected in Milwaukee, 
they capture that feeling, that community feeling so perfectly in the movie. You know, you got that one white guy that's working there. You got people debating sports and really barbershops to me is like another hangout. You know what I mean? Like people can debate and talk about sports. People can talk about what's going on. They can talk about their fan. Like they can vent. A barber almost becomes your therapist if you because if you go often enough, you know, and I think uh, the theme with this box office flashback is they're all underrated. You know, the barbershop trilogy in particular they all hold up and that third one that just came out a year or two ago is actually my favorite out of the whole series um you got a great cast the and morris who i got a chance to meet a year or two ago was really cool and he's one of the breakouts in that movie Dion cole Nicki minaj and common uh they're all really solid movies and if you're looking for a good comedy that you can sit back and watch um i suggest those movies la confidential is a great noir film and eastern promises is a great Russian mob movie if you're tired of all the Italians taking up all the shine when it comes to gangster movies Some uh, omissions and corrections though LA Confidential came out 20 years ago, not two years ago I'm sorry guys. I'm getting back into this and I'm really tired Also, I just wanted to mention that even though I just talked about the weekend box office it is like becoming It's breaking records like it's gonna be it already is the number one September movie of all time and it's probably going to break the record for most successful horror movie of all time, beating out Sixth Sense um, if it keeps going on this pace. So really huge. As a fan of Stephen King um, and his books, I think this is it says a lot because there's so many King properties being adapted right now. And this can just pave the way for more money being put into them and them being better. Because, you know, Stephen King has some really, really bad adaptations, but... It's because if you look at most of the bad ones, they're TV movies and you don't have a lot of budget, you know, for those. So but if we're talking about major releases that are going to be made with um, Stephen King's mind and his stories, that's that's something entirely different. And that's something that's to be excited about. But that's it, guys, for your box office breakdown and box office flashback. This was a lot of fun. And uh I just felt like I needed to get back into this podcast shit. I, I was really rusty today. <laughs> you can probably tell I'm not feeling the best and I'm really tired, but I just I want to get back into the flow of this. I'll get better, I promise. And uh, call in if you've seen any of those movies I talked about and uh, let me know your thoughts on that. Or if you want to talk about it, I'm down to do that. I'm going to go inside now and probably buy 2K, um, just like the rest of these suckers out here. <laughs> uh, our uh, Friday the 13th has a pretty cool game right now, too. I can't decide which one to buy. I think I'm just going to buy for buy the physical release of Friday when it comes out on Friday the 13th next month. Um, and 2K is just, I don't know, there's a lot you can do on 2K. And I haven't played it for like two years, so... I'm rambling. I'm going to go to bed, guys. Um, like I said, call in for some feedback on any of those movies. I love talking to you guys. This, you're, you're probably the number one reason I'm trying to get back on this. Your support is so cool, and I just love having conversations about movies. So keep the conversation going. You know, Don't just make this 
me talking to myself because I can do that every day. I do do that every day. Um, and follow me on uh, all social media, Rampage underscore Misfit. I am down to talk about movies and music on there as well. And uh, see movies, guys. See some movies. And and uh, keep, keep uh, it floating. Keep it alive. Keep horror movies alive. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. And thanks for listening to Misfit Minded. I appreciate you.